Thank you. So glad to be here. Hopefully, most of you are glad I'm here. I know you're glad Margaret's here anyway. Okay. Weird times we live in, huh? I'm not going to talk about those weird times, though, just in case you were wondering if I was going to add to all the noise. I'm not. Um, I have my own noise to make, and so I'm going to do that. I want to read from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Um, as is typical with me, I, I didn't get slides and information to the nice guy sitting here in the front, and so there's nothing going to show up up here. So you just have to listen to me. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, if you have your phone Bible with you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Now, for you old people here, you could sing that song, couldn't you? Because there's a tune that went with that. How many of you have the tune going around in the back of your, in your head there, there? Oh, even some young people. That's good. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Right? Should we all sing together? No, we won't do that. It's a great way to memorize scripture. Trust in the Lord. We were just singing a song. It says, I, I put all of my trust in you. Right? It says in... Um, What's the next verse? It says, I put all my trust in you and I will not be shaken. I was realizing as I was singing that that um, I was recently shaken. I put all my trust in him, but I was recently shaken. And uh, I'll explain that a little bit later. As Margaret and I were wrapping up 2019 and kind of um, deciding, okay, what do, what do we expect from 2020? <laughs> What a dumb question to ask looking back. <laughs> but at the time, it seemed sensible. What do, what, do we, you know, what do we expect to happen? And I had been experiencing a tremendous amount of trouble in my back and my neck. And I have for years, but it just got worse and worse and worse. And in, in uh, 2019, actually starting in about 2016, I started having just terrible trouble with my back. And and, and the last few years were, were, were just horrible. I got to where I couldn't really go for walks. I'd go for short walks, um, and, and in the end, I, they would be extremely short, and I'd end up limping into the house and laying flat and trying to catch my breath. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And so I went to a specialist in Florida. Well, no, the, at the end of the year, we decided... The last few years, we've been really blessed. We've been um, able to go to South Africa and stay for a month or two months at a time and just serve the churches over there, and particularly Paul and Shannon Simpson, some great friends there in South Africa. And they, they do work among people and among churches, uh, South Africa and Lesotho, but up along the eastern coast of, of Africa as well, up into Tanzania and others, or Tanzania, as they would say. Um, and so we've really been blessed with that, but we felt like, you know, we, let's, in 2020, let's just stay home, and what was the phrase, Margaret? Let's take care of Brian. Take care of Brian's issues. Brian's issues, yeah. We're going to take care of Brian's issues. And so we said, all right, we're, we're not going to travel. We're going to take care of Brian's issues. And I realized at the end of 2019 that, that those of you that have struggled with chronic pain, 
you, you, I realized there was just a moment in December when I realized I am not doing well at all. I am actually depressed. I think I'm depressed. And, and I had just lost, like, I wasn't thinking about other people, really. I wasn't concerned about other people. I was just thinking about myself. That's just kind of where I had come to because I was just dealing with pain all the time. And so it was maybe a good idea to deal with Brian's issues. So I went to a specialist in Florida, and, and they identified uh, eight herniated discs in my neck and my back, which might explain a thing or two. And, and so the, the doctor says, well, I think, I think we should deal with at least a couple of these right away and, and try to deal with that pain. And so I, I had a lot of x-rays done, and I had a lot of MRIs done, and man, the technology today is phenomenal. The, the things that they can see when they do that now. So he identified everything that needed to be done. I was ready to go. The surgery was scheduled, and all I needed was a blood test. So um, I scheduled a blood test in, in Bozeman, and sitting around, I realized I was just at the very beginning of a process of, of constantly waiting for test results. Those of you that have been through that, you kind of could probably appreciate it. But I, I, I thought, I'm just getting a blood test. And then a week later, I got a call from the surgical center in Florida. And this nurse says, have you talked with your doctor about your blood tests? And I said, well, I said, no, I'm scheduled to visit with him after I come back from you guys dealing with me and fixing my back for me. And she says, well, I think you need to talk to him right away, like today. And so I kind of kept after her. She wasn't going to tell me anything. And finally she says, well, you have really highly, high, you have really elevated PSA levels. And I said, oh, okay. I didn't know what a PSA was. <laughs> so as soon as I hung up the phone, I Googled PSA and found out it's prostate-specific um, antigen, which is basically... It's a, it'll tell you whether you have cancer in your system or not. And I thought, oh, well, that's not cool. <laughs> Nobody likes to see that word, cancer, pop up in their life. And I, I, I just, uh, I guess what I did is I just sat there looking at the computer. I don't even know what I did. I thought, no, I don't think that's. We're just dealing with my back. I don't have any other issues. Well, it turns out I did. It turns out uh, I did go out to Florida and spent a week in the sunshine. So those of you that didn't get to go anywhere where it was sunny in February, (laughs) it was so nice. (laughs) Oh, man, we had a nice time out there. But I did have surgery. I had two procedures on my back. And um, Margaret said she, she almost cried when I came out after the recovery and I'm signing out because you just walk out. And she said, the look on my face when I realized that I wasn't experiencing pain, she said it just almost made her start crying. Which, if, that, if Margaret almost started crying, that means she was probably crying. And it was phenomenal. It was, it was so amazing to just immediately not be in pain, um, which made the sunshine so much nicer, too. So I was able to start walking again because up to that point I could just do those short walks and limp home 
and, and I started walking. It was pitiful. I, I definitely had the old man shuffle, kind of something kind of close to this is what it was, but it just kept getting better and getting better. But I knew going home I had to deal with this cancer thing. So we got home, and they did some more blood tests, and turns out that maybe it wasn't, it wasn't as bad of a cancer maybe as it, as it looked like. So they, but they said, well, we need to do some other tests. So they did an MRI, and then ultimately they did a biopsy. The MRI said, well, some, other, some really nice words. They said some clinically significant cancerous cells are present. Okay, <laughs> whatever clinically significant means. So then they said, well, it's significant enough that now we need to do a biopsy. And, and for any of you guys out there, I, I just suggest you don't ever do a prostate biopsy. It's just not fun, not fun at all. Um, but they did the biopsy, and they came back with a, not a great report. They said you have stage 4 cancer. You... Um, there's a, there's a scale that they use called the Gleason scale that, that, that measures how bad your cancer is, and the highest you can get is 9 and 10, and I was right up there at the top of the chart, so I got stage 4 cancer, and, it, and it's, and it's um, measuring at number 9 and 10 at the top of the scale. And the doctor used this word. He says, well, I guess the best way I could describe it is that your cancer is aggressive meaning we need to deal with it right away. Sometimes when you have prostate cancer, they, they have this wait-and-see thing, and they say, well, let's just, we'll keep an eye on it over the years, and we'll just see how it goes. But they, they didn't want to keep an eye on mine. They said, no, I think probably what we need to do is we need to remove your prostate. I had so many feelings. I, when it... I don't know how you guys, we're all so different the way we deal with stress and trouble. And, and uh, I'm a feeler. I feel stuff. And Margaret is a thinker. She, she thinks a lot. Uh, but I, as, as one book said to describe my personality, they said that, that people like you will have more feelings in one week than most people have in a year. And, ah, man, the feelings that I was having... And so we, we, Margaret and I drove home from that doctor's appointment, and I went for one of my short, <laughs> but getting longer kind of walks. And um, I, was, I was just saying, Lord, what do you do? What do what's this about? What am I supposed to, how am I supposed to respond to this? And, and then I heard, I just heard God just whispering to me. And, and he reminded me that from the very beginning of the year on my really short old man walks, of the very beginning of the year, the Lord had just started whispering to me, just so quietly. And I remember that one day I was, I was walking in our neighborhood, and, and I just was worshiping, I think, and, and I just felt like the Lord said, Brian, you need to trust me. And I I was kind of one of those things where you go, okay, yeah, I can do that. And I I just felt like he said, no, (laughs) you really are going to need to trust me. And I thought, oh, great. We've got a new adventure. God's got a new adventure for Margaret and I scheduled, and we're going to need some faith for that. We're going to have to really trust him for this new adventure. Well, it turns out my new adventure wasn't that exciting, but 
the Lord that day when, when we got the big cancer word and it's aggressive and it's stage four and it's a high on the Gleason scale and it's, you know, it was ugly. And I'm, I'm going for this walk and I'm, my brain is going so fast and my feelings are just like gushing everywhere. And, and the Lord just says, Brian, you need to trust me. And just immediately I felt calm. And, and I, I realized, you know what? I can do that. I can trust God. Because God has always been trustworthy. I remember Owen Voigt saying one time, why is it that we, we, we need to say things like that? Why do we feel like we have to say God is trustworthy? Like, it, it sounds silly to say. It's like God needs me to remind him that he's trustworthy. But that day, I guess I did. I, I needed to say, you know what, God, you have always been faithful. But what does, what does that mean for, for me to have trust in God? Does that mean that, that I believe that, that he's going to take care of all of my problems? Is that what trust is? When you say, I've got cancer, and so if I have trust in God, does that mean that I'm trusting God that I will not have cancer? Well, the doctors said conclusively, every test I took, you don't just have cancer, you've got really good cancer. You've got healthy stuff. <laughs> and, and so I, if I'm going to trust in God, am I, am I trusting God to just wipe out all those tests and say, well, no, Brian, you don't have cancer. Or am I trusting God that, that if, I, if I pray just right and, and, and just kind of start doing stuff right, that, that he's just going to take care of the cancer for me? What does it mean to have trust in God? But I'll tell you, at that moment, it just settled down for me. And I said, Lord, I've been with you a long time. You've been with me a long time. And I know I can trust you. And I just immediately felt peace in my heart and in my mind. I had a bone scan and a CAT scan and a lot more blood tests. And what they said to me was, well, your cancer has not metastasized. Back to Google. (laughs) I had no idea what metastasized was. It means it hasn't spread to any other organs. At least it didn't appear to. So that was good news. And then COVID came along. So they're saying, well, you know, we have to deal with this cancer. We need to take out the prostate. We're going to take out two lymph nodes along with it because if cancer ever does escape, that's typically where it's going to go as to the nearest lymph node and particularly with prostate cancer. So that's what we're going to do. And so the, because of COVID, it slowed the whole process down and, and I didn't actually have surgery. I went to Minneapolis for the surgery to a specialist there and... Um, it didn't actually happen until a month ago. It was the 17th of July. And um, we had another wonderful time in the sun <laughs> in Minneapolis. The surgery seems like it went really well. I could discuss the procedure with you, but to do that, it, we'd have to discuss a lot of relatively sensitive and intimate inner parts. And uh, if we were having a beer or a cup of coffee, I'd be glad to talk to you about some of that. But the, the, the reality is that it seems like everything worked out pretty well. 
So they took out my prostate, they took out the two lymph nodes, and then they scheduled some tests to make sure that, the, to find out for sure what kind of cancer it was and see if it had spread into the lymph nodes. And so I found out that I was waiting for a pathology report. Back to Google. Had no idea what a pathology report was either. Turns out it's just a report. It tells you kind of what's going on inside of these organs. But the doctor, the surgeon that uh, did the, the operation on me had scheduled a canoeing adventure the next week. And so I had to wait two weeks before I got the results of that. It turns out there's no cancer in my lymph nodes. They downgraded my cancer to a, to a stage three, and um, they downgraded my Gleason score from, from a 9-10 to a 7. So that's all good news. Yeah. Now I'm just waiting for another test that I'll take tomorrow or next week. And uh, to, what I'm, we're hoping for is that we'll get that wonderful news, no cancer detected. Right? That's the plan. That's the, that's the hope. So here I am waiting again for a blood test and waiting for the results of, a, of, a, of another blood test. The worst part after being told that you have aggressive stage 4 cancer is that you're constantly waiting for the results of another test of some sort. And it was during those times that I was reminded again Brian, you must trust me. And to me, that doesn't mean that I didn't have cancer. I did have cancer. To me, it didn't mean that if I, if I pray just right, I can get rid of the cancer. Now, the truth is that sometimes that's the case. And we, we do pray that way, and we ask God to take care of these things. But the truth is, he doesn't always do that. And it isn't because we have faith or don't have faith, or we don't have the right faith, or we don't give to the right people. And to me, trusting in God doesn't mean that I have to pray just right and have all the other right people praying, and then God is going to take care of my cancer. Since this has all happened, I had a friend in Canada who found out he had cancer, and uh, it was um, inside of his stomach, and four weeks later, he was dead. And during this period of time, we had a very dear friend, Jeannie Senecal, who fought and fought and fought and fought, and she died of cancer. And there is no way you could say that I would have more faith than Jeannie Senecal. Or my friend Keith up in Canada, who was one of the most fantastic and spiritual men I've ever known. So to say that, to say, have trust in me, doesn't mean I'm just trusting you, God, for the outcome that I'm looking for. That's not necessarily trusting God. To me, it doesn't mean, well, just relax. They don't need to take out your prostate. I've got this covered, Brian. Trust me. I have to share with you, though, that this gives you a glimpse into my wife's basic personality. Is We're sitting there with the doctor, and he gives us all this terrible news. And, and he says, well, do you have any questions? And Margaret says, yes. And she says, what is it? And he says, Margaret says, well, what if we just don't do anything? And he looked at her like, 
understand that temptation, but you can't ignore it because you just can't. You can't ignore it. Mar- Margaret said, well, I'll just at least ask the question. Maybe he'd say, yeah, why don't we ignore that? That's a good idea. But the, to trust in God doesn't mean that we would just ignore it and, and hope and pray that it goes away. There is an unholy gospel clothed in Christian suits and ties. And it tells us that if, if you give enough, if you, if you give enough, you'll be rich. If you give in faith to the right people, you won't get cancer. God will bless you. If you give or pray with the right attitude, really good attitude, <laughs> really have faith, have real faith, and you won't get sick. And we've all heard it, and there are times when we've, some of us have even been tempted by that. But my concern is that I think that that unholy gospel has permeated the Christian church in the Western world particularly. You don't hear that nonsense in the, in the, in the developing world because death is all around them and sickness is all around them and poverty is all around them. And if somebody were to stand up in church and say, well, if you, just, if you just had the right faith, it doesn't work like that. It's a completely different culture and a different world that they live in. It's true that you must have faith. I remember a, a German man yelling at us one day in a conference, you must have faith! Eckhart. Oh, he was huge. And when he laid his massive paws on my wife and prayed for her, he's just yelling at her, you must have faith! But the truth is we must have faith. And, and, and there is nothing wrong with having faith that God will heal us. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And, and the fact is he does heal us. But he didn't promise us that he would heal us all the time, every time. He never promised us that. You know what Jesus promised? You guys are going to have a lot of trouble. That's what he said. He didn't say, well, from now on, now that you've accepted me, you get to go to heaven. He never said that. And he never said, and you will never be sick if you have a good faith. You will never get sick. He never said that. And Paul never said that. Paul said, you're going to have lots of trouble. I did, and you will. John the Baptist was beheaded. He had a lot of faith. Paul was shipwrecked, beaten, brutally beaten, imprisoned, whipped, mocked, and much more. Paul wrote to Timothy, who was always troubled with a bad stomach, drink some wine. From time to time, it'll, it'll ease and bring comfort to your stomach. Lazarus got sick and died. Now, it's true Jesus raised him up from the dead. A mighty man to many of us was Keith Hazel. He was a dear, dear friend to a lot of us, and he battled cancer for the last 20 years of his life while he impacted the rest of us so significantly. He wrestled with cancer for 20 years. 
Would you play that video? Up there. My wife sent this to me this week, and it just so affected me. Habakkuk said, Lord, please tell me what you're doing. And God said, no, I'm not going to tell you, Habakkuk, because if I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't believe me. If God today told us what he's doing in the world, we wouldn't believe it. Don't you think God's given up and God's abdicated and God's left the throne? He hasn't. He's still on the throne. And those of us that know him put our trust in him and him alone. I don't put my trust in Washington. I don't put my trust in the United Nations. I don't put my trust in myself. I don't put trust in my money. I put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. When all the rest of it fails and crumbles and shatters, he'll be there. Oh, I love that guy. (laughs) He can say more in five minutes than I can say in an hour. What does it mean to trust in God? What does that mean for you? I love that statement. I don't put my trust in Washington. Forget Washington. We don't put our trust in Washington. We don't put our trust in the governor's office. We put our trust in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. That, that song that we sang, it says, I put my trust in you alone and I have not been shaken. That's not true with me. I was shaken. What happened to me in the midst of all of this that was going on this year is I noticed that I was having a hard time breathing. And I actually thought I was having a heart attack half the time. I, I was concerned that not only did I have these back problems and not only now do I have cancer, but now I get to have a heart problem as well. And I would lay in bed at night and my heart would just be thumping and thump, thump, thump and I could hear it and I couldn't breathe. And, and, and I put up with this for, for weeks and then finally I said something to Mari. She says, well, Brian, I, I think you're anxious. I think it's anxiety. And I, I wanted to say, well, get thee behind me, Satan. Because I don't do that. I don't do anxiety. My trust is in the Lord. I was anxious. I was anxious about my surgeries in the beginning. I was anxious about cancer. I was anxious about every blinkety-blank test that I'm waiting to hear the results of. And I, I realized that I was shaken. And in spite of the fact that God said, Brian, you must trust in me. And here's the key. The scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and in, in this case, I heard God speak to me, Brian, you must trust me. And we, the scriptures follow that. But just because it says that, and just because God reminds you that, doesn't mean that that's that. But there are times when we actually have to stand and actually fight right there. And so it wasn't enough for me to just say, oh, I can do that, Lord, I trust in you. But the Lord was, was needing something more from me, something more aggressive. 
He wanted me to continue to confess my trust in him and, and to let other people know that that's where my trust was and to remind myself that was where my trust is. And then I, I got a message from someone from this church who had been praying for me, and, it was, and they said something that I had been thinking about a lot. And, and they just said, don't back off in worship and praise. Don't back off, but actually get more aggressive in worship and in praise. And, and I said, oh, that's a confirmation. And that's, so that's what I began to do. I began to lift my voice to God and, 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 and worship him. And, and I, I'd love to tell you that, that I never had to worry about that stress in my chest. I remember once taking Tyler to the emergency room from something kind of like that. And I remember thinking, just have to have trust in the Lord. No, that's not what I was thinking. But, but the, the fact is, it wasn't until I came out of that last surgery and then got the results of my last test, really, that I went to bed at night and could still breathe. So it's not enough to just say it. And that's why God reminded me. That's why he spoke it to me in the beginning when I had no idea I had a problem. And, and then he would remind me from time to time. It was because he was speaking in a sense, he was speaking prophetically into my life, but I had it to do more than just agree with it. I needed to actually do some warfare with it. I needed to worship the Lord. And I needed to continue to say, he is faithful. What does it mean? He is faithful. It means he never changes. He is always on the throne. He will never leak me. He will never forsake me. He will never put me to shame. He will forgive me if I forgive others. He will give me and does give me joy and peace and faith and hope and love. He and he alone is true. And he and he alone has invited you and I on this kingdom adventure called life in Christ. And it is so much different than saying, Lord, I trust you to take care of my troubles. But rather, I trust you to walk with me through them. And if God speaks to you and says, I intend to heal you, then tell all your friends and get on your knees and let's go for it. We've been there before as a group of people. But, but we cannot let ourselves be pulled into that trap of saying trusting in God means getting what I want or getting what I think I need because that's not trust. I remember one man, uh, A.W. Tozier, said it this way. He says, what most of us would like is we don't really want a, a father, like a heavenly father that's like a father because they always kind of want to discipline us and they don't mind it if we suffer because they know that that makes good people learning how to deal with suffering. But we'd kind of like a doddering old grandfather kind of father in heaven who kind of goes, you know what, just let them have what they want. We want them to have a good time and go to bed happy, right? That's what we want. That's kind of, a lot of us have... That's the really, if we're honest, that's the kind of heavenly father we're really looking for is the doddering old grandfather. My wife almost always is willing to give the grandchildren sugar before bedtime. It just is what you do. But moms and dads don't do that, do they? 
What does it mean to have trust in God? It means you have learned and are learning that he is faithful to you. And that no matter what happens, you do have joy. No matter what happens, you do have love. No matter what happens, you are forgiven. No matter what happens, you do have peace. No matter what happens, you do have love. Absolute and complete love. But sometimes, sometimes you have to fight to stand your ground. That's faith. That's placing your trust in him as saying, okay, wind, have at it. But it's really important to have other people alongside of you when you do that. (laughs) And I want to say um, here with this group how grateful Margaret and I are for the prayers that came out of here. I don't think that they made our journey like public or anything like that. But I know that a number of you have been praying for us and consistently praying for us. And we've had people all over the world praying for us. We are so fortunate. We just sent out a message and people all over the world are praying for Margaret and I. It is is such an amazing thing. And I honestly believe that, that those prayers were important for me, particularly to just stay strong. It's okay if we have falter in our faith. It's okay if we falter a little bit in our trust because we still are children and we're still learning. I tell you, I've learned so much. I've learned so much in these last six months about myself. But I have learned that God is faithful. Would you pray with me? Father, we're grateful to you. As, as we sang that song this morning, it was just perfect. I will put my trust in you. Lord, we don't want to be like children who, who who's, when we say that, what we really mean is I, I want what I want. I, I want you to give me all the stuff I need and take care of all my needs, and I don't want to have to deal with any of these things. I remember receiving prophetic word in 2012 here in this room when the prophet told Margaret and I, and you guys as well, just said the suffering that, the, that, that you guys are just about to go into, and then he just started weeping. I'm not telling our whole story, how this last five years has gone for us. But, but at that time, the, the prophetic guy starts talking about this season of suffering that Margaret and I are going into, and, and he just started weeping, and he took him a while to finish. But in the midst of this, Margaret and I were talking on the way over. We feel stronger. We feel like our faith is stronger. And we feel like we've even begun to understand a bit about dealing with anxiety and the lack of peace. Father, I pray that this group of people, these amazing people, that they would continue to grow in their understanding as well. That they would continue to understand that you are faithful and that we do not have to place our trust in any other one, any other thing. In these days that are so weird, Lord, remind us again, you 
need to trust me. Amen. Thank you, guys.